0: The World is Noisy, God Whispers. The podcast is a production of Journeys Revealed Ministries. Glorify the Lord by your life. To learn more about this Catholic nonprofit apostolate, visit the website JourneysRevealed.com. And now on with this month's show. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child, and if a child, then also an heir, through God. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The World is Noisy, God Whispers, the podcast. I'm your host, Julia Monin, author of the book, Say It With Me, The World is Noisy, God Whispers. Okay, great. Yeah, haha. Anyway, it is good to be back with you here today as we rejoice. We're in the season of Easter. We made it through Lent, and we are rejoicing. The Lord has won the victory for us on the cross, has defeated and conquered death, and has risen from the grave. And so rejoice. I hope you are rejoicing. I am rejoicing with you. The theme that we're going to be talking about on the episode this month is this reality. One, how was Lent for you? Was it a fruitful Lent? What, what is going on in the depths of your soul still? And what is God maybe wanting to resurrect in your own life, in the life of your soul? And then the other, the main thing that we're talking about under what theme that we're talking about this new life and the resurrection is. I have a question for you, something for you to ponder in the depths of your own heart, something for you to think about. As I think about it too because it's something I've already been thinking about now for for a while. Really, this was the fruit of my lent and I want to share it with you. So, here's the question. Are you a slave? Are you a mercenary? Or are you a child? Are you a slave? Are you a mercenary? Or are you a child? And you're saying, I don't even know what you're talking about. Good. Stay tuned. We're going to unfold that as we go. Again, happy to be with you. This is the theme. And what I read from you, uh, what I read at the beginning of this was St. Paul's words to the Galatians. This is in Galatians chapter four, verses four through seven. That's how I opened the show. I'm going to read that to you again. When the fullness of time had come, God sent his son born of a woman born under the law in order to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. So, what does this mean? Are you a slave? Are you a mercenary? Are you a child? I want to read to you something now from the catechism of the catholic church this is in paragraph 1828 again catechism of the catholic church paragraph 1828 it reads the practice of the moral life animated by charity gives to the christian the spiritual freedom of the children of god he no longer stands before god as a slave in servile fear or as a mercenary looking for wages but as a son, responding to the love of him who first loved us. Paragraph 1828 of the Catechism goes on to quote St. Basil. It reads, If we turn away from evil out of fear of punishment, we are in the position of slaves. If we pursue the enticement of wages, we resemble mercenaries. Finally, If we obey for the sake of the good itself and out of love for him who commands, we are in the position of children. So here's the question for the month Are you a slave? Are you a mercenary? Are you a child? And of course, I am talking about in your relationship with the Lord. Which of these two do you tend to? Maybe you notice different times of different lives. Yeah, definitely acting like a a slave in this one situation. Definitely acting like a mercenary in this one. Uh, Seem to have grasped what this means to be a child in this other area. But here's a great definition. So we are of this slave mentality in our walks with our Lord, in the relationship with God. If we approach God out of fear out of fear of punishment. So I'm only going to do the good. I'm only going to act in this life of charity because I am fearing the consequences. I don't want to be condemned to hell. And so I'm just going to do these good things because I'm fearing this God who I've heard these terrible things about who just wants to condemn me to hell and I want to avoid that. So... You see that that would be acting in this this servant mentality or this slavery mentality that I'm just a slave to the master of God. And because I fear any sort of punishment, I'm going to do good to avoid that. That would be a slavery mentality. Okay. The mercenary menta- mentality would be: I, I'm going to earn it. I can earn my way to heaven if I just do the right things. If I if I do enough good, then I'm going to be that's like, going to be like earning wages. God, of course, is going to have to let me in to eternal life. He's going to have to let me into heaven because I've earned it and I deserve it. And God is a just God, a fair God, and I've deserved this. And so I'm I'm going to earn it. So that would be having a mercenary mentality with God as as our Father, and then of course the ideal, what God is really wanting to, to heal us from and really wanting to form our hearts in greater charity and greater love and and purifying us from all of these, because neither of those are great options. Granted, if we're doing the good, this is a good thing. There, there's merit to that. Even if it's we're doing the good because of, of fear, or we're doing the good um, just because we, we have that mentality of, of working hard. There's good in that, but God wants more and he's trying to draw us to more. Perfect love, of course, draws out fear. I think that's in uh, John's gospel where we read that perfect love, perfect love draws out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And we're children of God. So, what is this perfect love that God is calling us to that He's trying to heal us and purify us so that we can grow into this perfect love? This is this love of knowing that we're His children, that He is God who is good, who is love, who is mercy in and of itself, that create he created us by love, in love, and for love, that we, through Christ, through the victory won for us on the cross, have become his children, his children. And so there's the definition of those three different terms. Are you a slave? Do you have a slave mentality? Are you a mercenary? I can earn it. Or are you a child? Have you embraced the fact that you are a child of God, and so now with that in mind, we're going to unfold this some more. So, nope, no need to panic. We're going to keep unfolding this. Um, let's go ahead and officially put ourselves in the presence of God. We're going to open with prayer. I'm going to read that scripture to you again. The scripture of of Paul's words to the Galatians, found in Galatians chapter four, verses four through seven. But when the fullness of time had come. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir, through God. Again, this is the gift gained for us on the cross, not by our own merits, but by Christ, that we have become children of God. This is beyond our understanding. This is beyond our capacity to say, wow, what a gift. Of course it is. But how many of us fall into these these lesser forms of, of love if we can even call them love if we can call them perhaps imperfect love these lesser forms of this this slavery mentality right that i'm i'm going to turn away as saint basil says here again in the catechism if we turn away from evil out of fear of punishment we're in the position of slaves i'm only going to do good because i want to avoid punishment at all costs saint basil continues continues if we pursue the enticement of wages we resemble mercenaries i'm only going to do good because i think i can earn it and I'm going to do good because that's the, the, the labor deserves his pay. And so I'm just going to be a good laborer and God is going to have to repay me for that. That's not That's imperfect as well. Here's the perfect, perfect love draws out fear. Finally, St. Basil says, if we obey for the sake of the good itself and out of love for him who commands, we are in the position of children. If we obey God because we love God, then we are in the position of children if we obey if we're faithful to god because he's our father and because if as a loving father a father who we love we want to obey him because we love him then this is that perfect love that god has purified in our hearts that he's striving to purify in our hearts that he's grown us into I'm going to use an example from my own life. My little guy is uh, turned four in December. And so he's super cute at a super fun age, right? And really coming into his own personality and his own character. And man, is he sharp. And I just, I say that not like I'm bragging him up. I'm saying that he's sharp because he keeps me on my toes. He's, he's incredibly emotionally intelligent. So like if I am sighing in frustration or if I raise my tone ever so slightly, man, he calls me out like, and and it's good because I should be more patient and be be more loving in these situations. And he just calls me out like, mom, why are you sighing? Mom, it sounds like you're angry at me, right? And it makes me, ah, I want to giggle because he's, he's, he's right, but I also want to scream because he's right. You, you know what I'm talking about. Um, anyway, so trying to parent a child who's very emotionally intelligent and he's he's already, I can tell, a very strong-willed child. Um, he, he gets it honest. It's all good. I know what it's like to be strong-willed. He's a strong-willed child who uh, is who's a perfectionist, probably. Again, he gets this honest, not judging him. These are beautiful gifts that as they're purified can can lead to great good so these these are not curses these are beautiful gifts that he's been given Um, but trying to parent someone because he doesn't operate under the mentality of hey i've just told you to stop doing it so you need to stop doing it well he wants to know why do i need to stop doing it also this is what i want to do and he's again very strong-willed and so if i want to do it why can't i do it Right, so just telling him "don't do that" doesn't work, and that probably doesn't work with a lot of children, whether they're strong-willed and perfectionist or not. Um, but it especially doesn't work with a strong-willed perfectionist child who already thinks they're right in most situations. So, by some grace of God, I I had a new idea hit me with with parenting my son, and I don't know why but it's actually working. Again, this is some grace of God. I don't even know where the thought came to. It was just something I tried one day out of nowhere and then I was shocked that it actually worked. Actually, I can tell you kind of where it came from is I was reading this catechism and on another podcast that I co-host with Father Sean Wilson. This podcast is called Darting Through the Faith. Darting like you're throwing a dart on a dartboard because that's literally what we do. At the end of every episode, Father Sean throws the dart to um, this huge dartboard that has the catechism broken down to all these little sections. And wherever the dart lands, that's the next section we talk about in the catechism. So a few weeks ago, um, I think it was earlier in April, we recorded a podcast on this section in the catechism where this paragraph 1828 lies. And it was in reading this section and, and and again, seeing this on paper about what is a slave? What's a mercenary? What does it mean to be a child? That I began really wondering how I'm parenting. Like, am I parenting my son in a way that is, that is actually um, encouraging him to be in this position of a child, of a beloved child? Or am I parenting my son in a way that is just trying to get him to do good out of fear of punishment, i.e. threats? Am I just threatening him? (laughs) Or am I parenting him in a way that's, that's encouraging this mentality of a mercenary? If you do good, then you'll get this, i.e. bribes? So am I parenting my child with threats and bribes? And the answer to that question is absolutely 100% yes. (laughs) Up to that point, that is exactly how I was parenting him or trying to get, get him to choose the good. By threatening him, So this, which again is, is what encouraging this, this, uh, slavery mentality, right? Do good or else you'll be punished or giving him bribes. If you do good, then we can go get this. Then you can have the sucker. Then you can have this. Then we can go to the store. Then, right. And by the way, I'm not saying that as a parent, you can never threat and you can never bribe. There is a time and a place for all of that. So I'm not judging you. I'm doing that myself. Um, but how am I at this third one? How am I in encouraging him To accept the gift of being a child so that he can live in this freedom of being a child of God. How am I parenting him that's encouraging that? So anyway, we're at home. He and I waiting on his dad to get home from work. And I'm trying to get him to do something. And of course, he's not wanting to do it. And so I tried a new tactic with this in mind. And what I said to him was, AJ, I know that that's what you want to do. And I recognize that, right? So try repeating after me. Mom... I really want a special treat bar. This is what we call these little bars that he can have a couple times a day that taste yummy to him because of course they have sugar to him and he wants them all day long. Okay, so he wanted one at this time and I was telling him, no, you can't have one until we eat supper. Well, you You know the drill. I want to tell you how this goes. (laughs) You're raising children of your own or you've seen it. So no, AJ, try repeating after me. Say, mom, I really want a special treat bar. And again, for some reason, this work, he actually repeated after me. He said, Mom, I really want a special treat bar. Okay, AJ, keep repeating after me. But because I love you and because you've told me I can't have one, I'll wait till after dinner. And he looked at me with his big brown eyes. And again, I don't know why this worked, but it did. He repeated me. But because I love you and because you've told me no, I'll wait until after dinner to have one. I about fell off my chair because it actually stinking worked. And I went, how did that work? How did that actually work? I don't know. I still don't know how it worked. But to this day, when he and I start getting into these, no, I said no, and no, or else, or you can have it if you do X, Y, Z, I catch myself. Or if he's, he's arguing with me back and forth, then I say, okay, AJ, let's try. Let's try this thing we're working on. Let's try it, okay? Repeat after me. Say, mom, I really want that right now whatever it is we're working on or mom I really want to go outside right now okay repeat after me but because I love you I'll wait until afterwards or whatever it might be but because I love you because I want to listen to you I'll sit down and I'll eat dinner with you and dad I don't know what it is but I'm telling you it seems to be working nine times out of ten now this kid I told you he's sharp and my husband told me the other day I wasn't home, but he, my son used this little tactic on my husband, which was probably super hilarious. And also he's sharp and you can't get anything by him. So apparently um, my little guy, they were playing video games and my little guy wanted to play games a little bit longer. Right. And my husband was saying, no, it's time. We've, it's time. We need to move on. We need to go upstairs, whatever it might be. And so my husband said that my son turned him and said, dad, now repeat after me. I know you don't want, to play video games anymore. But because you love me, <laughs> you get the idea. So my son tried to turn the table. So this is not a foolproof system. I'm just saying that this thought occurred to me of am I encouraging my son to enter into his relationship with God through the way I'm parenting him with the slavery mentality as of you better do this or else, meaning am I parenting only by threats? Or am I I'm encouraging my son to be formed in this idea of this mercenary mentality where if 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 you do this, then you get something in return, which is like bribes. Or am I actually making an attempt to encourage him to embrace the fact that he is a child, right? And he does need to listen to his mom and dad and encouraging this good behavior in this perfect love that comes from receiving and being receptive. It's really something that like, I have been chewing on for, for at least the past month, if not longer. And then this led to again, what I mentioned at the beginning of the show, like the fruits of this Lent. How was this Lent for me? Because folks, I'm not going to lie. This um, servant mentality, this slave mentality of I'm going to do this or else just to avoid punishment. That's not something that has been the case for me most of my life because I'm a very strong-willed person. And so I don't know this, this fear of punishment. I I don't know. It just doesn't have the impact or the, the, yeah, it doesn't It doesn't have the effect on me that it might have on other people. But this other one, this mercenary one, that, oh, I can earn it if I just work hard enough. If I just do X, Y, Z, if I just do that, then I can earn. I can earn my way to heaven, right? I can somehow merit it by my good behavior, by my good graces. This is the thing that the Lord in his goodness and in his mercy has so patiently and lovingly been trying to purify in my heart for for many, many years. And this really came to a head for me this Lent because this was the thing that, again, after entering very prayerfully into Lord, what do you want me to do this Lent? What do you want me to work on? How do you want to grow me? What do you want to heal me from? Whatever it might be, what I landed on this past Lent was, um, was to choose to bear the pain of incompleteness, to choose to bear the pain of incompleteness. What do I mean by that? So I was noticing that, okay, I'm a worker. We've talked about that on this podcast before. I'm a worker by nature. I like to work. So this is good. It's a good and holy desire that's ingrained in me to want to work. But of course, the problem can become is that I put work over people. That's not great. That's not charitable, right? So here I am working and I got this on my to-do list today and I'm going to do this come what may. And somebody comes crying and needs really a listening ear. And I'm like, don't have time for that because you're not on my to-do list for the day. That is putting the work in front of people. It's not charitable. This can be a issue for me or it's at least something that's very tempting to me to always put the task at hand in front of in front of the charitable response whoever might need me for the day and I've been working on this in many ways for many years I used to write in my actual to-do list for the day I used to write anointed appointments and I'd write it in the middle of my to-do list for the day and then I would circle it and I was trying to get myself in the mentality of This is what my plans are for the day, but if God calls me anywhere else, if something else comes up that's not on my plan for the day, that appointment, that quote unquote anointed appointment takes precedence. And so that was one way I was trying to call to mind. Gosh, that was probably five years ago that I did that. I eventually got away from doing that um, because I didn't need that reminder in front of me day in and day out, but that was a good starting point. Anyway, the Lord unfolded that more for me this Lent in in choosing to bear the pain of incompleteness. Okay, so if I haven't shared this with you yet, and I don't think I did, um, that was one of the the, uh, things I was taking on as a penance, is I was making myself not finish something that I had started. So it's on my to-do list for the day. I want to finish it. I can finish it. I could. All I got to do is click this button and this this would be done. But I'm purposely not going to finish it. Out of love for the Lord, because I want my heart to be purified. I want it to be purified from this inordinate attachment to if I just get this done. If I just get this done, if I get this next thing done, then... I'll earn XYZ or whatever it might be. Because I wanted it to be an opportunity of healing for the Lord, I would walk away and say, Oh, all I have to do is click send. And that project would be done for the day and I could cross it off my list, but I'm not going to. Instead, I'm gonna shut down my computer. I'm gonna leave the office 15 minutes early. And I'm gonna tell you something, guys. This was really really hard and I did not succeed every day. In fact, there were days I'd come into the office and I would get to work for the few hours I was in the office and all of a sudden I'd come up for air and I would go to leave the office and I would go, Oh, I forgot all about what I was supposed to be working on this Lent. So definitely not a hundred percent success rate. But again, it showed me and then I go like I'm we're almost we're in the heart of Lent and I'm working on all these things and I get to this part in the catechism and I read this and I again realizing how I'm parenting my own child and going, oh my goodness, like the Lord was just opening my eyes to this reality of this temptation for me to have this this mercenary spirit, right? Of I can just earn it, I can just do it. If I just do enough, if I just earn enough. And so this has really been an avenue in my own heart for again, greater healing in this and God and, and just receiving God as my father and receiving everything he wants to give me as a child and acting not because I think I can merit some good or not out of some fear of some punishment, but, but doing the right thing because I love him because he's my father and I love him because Christ is my savior and he died for me and I love him. And because I love him and because he said this, even though I don't understand it, I'm going to obey. I'm going to be faithful to him. And so that's my, again, that's my question for you this month, something to ponder one. How was lent for you? What, what was God at work in the life of your soul? How is he continuing to grow you, to heal you? Perhaps you you had received some amazing fruits from it already, and maybe you reached some level of healing in whatever it is you're working on. Probably not, though. For most of us, this is an ongoing thing, less than a, a time to intensify our strivings, perhaps, um, but growth is ongoing the growth is ongoing so that's step one how was your lent just recognize the reality for what it is whether or not it was a, a great fruitful lent whether or not it wasn't just recognize that reality and enter back into okay lord where are we going from here and maybe take this own question to your own prayer am i approaching you in my relationship with you as a slave only doing the good because i fear what might be coming Am I approaching my relationship with you as a mercenary, only doing good because I'm trying to earn something, because I think this is what I should do, because I'm comparing myself to others and they're doing it, and so I should be doing it too? Or am I actually embracing this relationship with you as a child, striving to do good, striving to uproot uh, vice, striving to grow in virtue, not because I should or not because I'm fearing you, but because I love you. Because it's a charitable response. So much to think about. And then as you're praying with this, I might encourage you to pull out your Bibles and to reread the story of the prodigal son. I'm not exactly sure where that is, but just Google scripture prodigal son. It'll come up where it's at. So open up your Bibles and reread that. And you know, we have two main characters in this Story. Well, there's three, the father, and then, of course, the two sons, the older son and the younger son. But if we look at the two sons, we often know the story of the prodigal son, right? The son who told his father, give me everything I have right now. And then he goes out and he squanders it. And he lives this life, of dissipation, the scriptures read, and then falls to his knees in his despair and says, you know, I'm not worthy of love. But maybe God, maybe my father will let me back in as a slave because I'm literally lying with pigs and i don't have anything to feed on and my father's slaves are better treated than this so maybe he'll let me back into his life as a slave and so there's a lot to think about with that in this slavery mentality and just receiving the lord's mercy and the father's response to the prodigal son returning was of course not one of yeah you can be a slave but you're going to suffer it was one of welcome back you were dead and brought to life let's rejoice right it was one of really being a son but I might also encourage you to not forget about the other son, the son who was always there, who was always faithful to the father, and he had all of a sudden grown in his bitterness and in his jealousy. When the father receives this prodigal son back with open arms and and feasts, right, slaughter the fat and calf. My son was dead and is now back to life. This older son has an issue with that, right? And his father goes out to meet him and says, "What's up?" <laughs> What's up is not scriptural. Okay, I'm paraphrasing. He says, "What's up?" He says, "I don't understand." I've been faithful to you my whole life. I've never left. And you haven't ever feasted with me and my friends. And yet your son who squandered your inheritance, you welcome back with open hearts. It doesn't make sense. And of course, the father's response to that son is also very profound and a learning lesson for us. Son, everything, you've always been here with me. Everything that's mine is yours. It's always been yours. It will continue to be yours. But your brother was dead and he's now back to life both of these sons had an issue with receiving both of these sons had an issue with with entering into this relationship with their father as beloved children and so there's something for us both to learn from them and i'm not going to attempt to tell you what that something is i'm still pondering it in my depths myself but i do know that reality is that both of these sons had an issue with receiving And so as you continue to ponder this, this month, this reality of how do I approach my relationship with the Lord as a slave, as a mercenary, or as a child, also pull out that story of the prodigal son, that parable of the prodigal son, and read that and wonder about that and ask the Lord and his goodness to shed light on that for you. Of course, do that as you're asking yourself for greater healing, that the love that we have for God, our father might be purified. It might be brought to this place of perfect love where we do the good, where we're charitable out of love for him, not because we fear punishment, not because we think we can earn something if we are good, but because we love him. And again, go back to the real life example in my own life with my son and think about that and in, in what you're asking God for right now. But I want this, but this is the way I want it, but this is how it should be. But this, that, this, that, this, that, this. Admit that with God, your father. He knows your feelings. He knows your hearts. He knows your struggle. He knows what you want. He knows what you truly need. And he's not trying to just say, hey, just dismiss your feelings. And that's something I think that's really important as I'm parenting my son. I can't just dismiss the reality that he wants a special treat bar or that he wants to go outside or that he wants to do these things. Like that's life for him. That's really what he's feeling. That's really what he wants. So that's the first thing I say. I acknowledge that. And God does that with us too. He acknowledges us where we're at. My daughter... My son, I hear you, I know that you want that, but repeat after me. (laughs) But because you love me, choose to wait. Because you love me, choose to listen and be obedient. I know you don't understand. I know you're confused. I know it hurts. But because you trust me, choose to believe and choose to move forward with that faith. So again, so much to ponder this month, so much the fruits of, of my own Lent, what's going on in your life. That's the real purpose of this podcast is to really just all get us thinking and praying together. God wants to heal us. He wants to grow us. He wants to form us into this his likeness and to, and to really form us in this perfect love where we love him because he's God and because he's our father and where we do good because he's our father and because we love him because we want to do good. If we really loved him, why would we, we wouldn't want to disappoint him. We wouldn't want to be disobedient. And so may the Lord in his goodness and his mercy and in his graciousness grow us all in the ways of this perfect love that we may become children of his who cry out, Abba, father that we recognize that we're no longer slaves but children and if children then also heirs through god summon all of this up let's go back to the catechism 1828 the practice of the moral life animated by charity gives to the christian the spiritual freedom of the children of god freedom do you hear that there's freedom in embracing who we really are his children He no longer stands before God as a slave in servile fear or as a mercenary looking for wages, but as a son responding to the love of him who first loved us. God first loved us. We love because he loved us. St. Basil's words if we turn away from evil out of fear of punishment we are in the position of slaves if we pursue the enticement of wages we resemble mercenaries finally if we obey for the sake of the good itself and out of love for him who commands we are in the position of children may God draw us all there to become better children of our beloved father all that being said let's end with a reflection from my book um the world is noisy god whispers volume one this is a reflection that sort of ties in everything that we've talked about today at the very least it tells you how deeply rooted this issue is with me this this imperfect love this this inordinate attachment of like working right and i'm worthy if i can work and if i can work then something then you know that's good right and if I can't work well then everything's bad right so this is a reflection I wrote back in December of 2014 it's reflection number 157 in the first volume of my writings and it's called the sick day it reads though I've been blessed at least for now with good health and don't find myself sick often today I'm not feeling my best being physically sick has reminded me how weak I really am it has reminded me that life is is more than what I quote-unquote do. In fact, it has reminded me that I can do nothing without God. Before I was reminded of this, though, I spent my morning in a state of distress, knowing that my illness meant I wouldn't be able to work like I normally do. At some point, I even found myself wondering things like, who am I if I can't work? And what am I worth to anyone if I can't perform my duties? I guess in a way I felt like a big waste of space since I was unable to get anything done. As I sat asking myself questions like these, the temptation to believe the lie that my self-worth is somehow dependent on what I can accomplish crept in. Thankfully, God came to my rescue by reminding me of a story I just read yesterday. Coincidence? I think not. This story was about a bishop who, after being put in prison, found himself devastated since being in jail meant he wouldn't be able to complete the projects he had started for God. After many stressful days, he was eventually comforted in his affliction when he heard a voice tell him, Everything you have done and desire to continue doing are God's works. But they are not God. Choose God and not the works of God. As I recalled this story and reread the words that this bishop heard in his cell, God reminded me that his works, though good and righteous, are not him. He reminded me that there's more to life than doing good and avoiding evil. He reminded me that there's more to me than what I do. Most importantly, he reminded me that my self worth has nothing to do with what I'm able to accomplish, and this sadly is something I need reminded of often. So yeah, though it didn't certainly didn't start out this way, I'm now incredibly grateful for the sick day. Again, a friendly reminder: there's more to us than what we do. Our self worth has nothing to do with what we're able to accomplish. Are you a slave? Are you a mercenary? Or are you a child? Allow the Lord to grow you as a child of God, because that is what you are. So, blessing being with you again. Please pray for me, and as always, know that I'm praying for you. Um, if you want to learn more about anything we've talked about, any of my podcasts, I know I mentioned the one I do with Father Sean or you want to check out my books, um, go to theworldisnoisy.com, theworldisnoisy.com. You'll see everything I'm doing, everything I'm up to, all my different podcasts. And there's links on there where you can buy the books. So theworldisnoisy.com is is where you want to go to stay connected with me. Again, praying for you, pray for me too. Let's close with the prayer that closes that reflection I just read you from my book. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Help me, God, to choose you and not only your works, Free me from the lies enslaving me to a life of doing. Show me the truth about your love and help me to believe it. Remind me often that I am not loved for what I do, but for who I am, your beloved child. I love you. I thank you. I praise you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.